Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Let's take our Bibles and open them up to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings 18. In verse 1, the Bible tells us that uh, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, uh, he began his reign. And in verse 2, it says, 20 and 5 years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abbey, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, uh, his father, did. And he removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense unto it, and he called it Nehushtan. Verse 5, And he trusted the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, And he prospered whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. This is an amazing story here of the king Hezekiah, this king over Judah. And it's it's interesting to see as he gets started here, he he finds this, uh, this brazen serpent that he calls, he calls Nehushtan. Nehushtan means just a piece of brass. And uh, he takes this thing that Moses had made some 750 years before. In Numbers chapter 21, you'll see that the people were being bitten by the fiery serpents because of their murmuring and complaining. And God told uh, Moses to build this, make this brazen serpent so that the people could look to it, put it up on a pole, look to it, and and in looking at it, they would be healed. This was a picture, of course, of Christ on the cross. And, and I would say that this, this thing had a purpose. It had a, had a place um, in, 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 in its time when God made it. Um, but now, these many years later, this thing had become a religious relic. Uh, this thing had uh, become... Uh, an idol. It had reached the status of an idol where they're burning incense to it. That means they're praying to it. They're worshiping this thing. And again, this thing at one time had a purpose. 
But now people have lost the reason for it. You know what I was thinking? I guarantee today that if that was still around, that brazen serpent, there'd be groups of folks today that would still be praying to that, would still be offering, uh, you know, offering uh, uh, worship to it and incense uh, to it. But Hezekiah, he was a man of faith. He trusted the living God. And he wanted people not to worship something that it was powerless, but he wanted them to worship the one true God, the real God, the God of Moses, the God that had uh, given them the blessings that they had and the place they was. And the Bible says that he clave, he clave uh, to the Lord God. He was a man of faith. He held on. And I would say that you and I, Uh, Today, we have to do the same thing. We have to hold on to the one true God. You know, this was just evidence. They They were praying and worshiping to this brazen serpent. It was just evidence that their heart was hard and then turned away from the living, the one true God. And, and Hezekiah says, no, we got to get our heart back right with him. we got to trust him. we got to follow him wholeheartedly. And he wanted all the people to do the same. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. I, I want us to look at the life of Hezekiah, probably this Sunday and next, um, from Chronicles and Kings. <coughs> but there's the parallel passages here. In 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 29. <coughs> he said, listen, I don't, want, I don't want our religion to just be superficial. I don't want it to be powerless. I want the people of God, the people, the children of Israel, I want us to walk in true faith with a, 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 a living faith to a true God. Verse one of, of chapter 29, the Bible says, Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old, and he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. <coughs> He, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street and said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken Him and have turned away their faces from the inhabitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Also, they have shut up the doors of the porch and put out the lamps. They have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings unto the holy place unto the God of Israel. Hezekiah becomes king and the first thing he says is, is uh, hey, let's open up the doors to God's house. Let's open up the doors to God's house. Let's get this thing opened up. Let's fix it up. Hey, there's some uh, repairing that needs done. There's some things that have, uh, because, of, because of God's people's hearts, 
had uh, become hardened, uh, there was a lot of things that were being neglected. And he says, hey, listen, let's, let's open up the doors and let's get the things repaired and, and fix up these things. He says to the, to the priests and to the Levites, he says, hey, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves. You know what that means. It means uh, set yourself apart for God. In other words, get yourself ready to hear from the Lord. Cleanse your hearts. Uh, get, get right with God. Prepare yourselves to hear from God. Um, Judah had come a long way from David. They'd come a long way. This is uh, uh, many uh, hundred, couple hundred, three hundred years maybe after David. And, and this was a man after God's own heart. And Solomon, his son, who had built the house of God and first opened it up. And, and the presence of God was so strong in that place that they couldn't even minister. But now the place was shut up. Now the place was beginning to dilapidate. And and here's the thing that was the saddest about the whole thing, is the lights had gone out. That's a big picture in the Bible, isn't it? The lights had gone out. He said, hey, you guys quit burning incense in here. And and the offerings had stopped. All these sort of things that used to go on, and all the work of God that used to go on that was represented here, all those things had stopped. Incense in the Bible is a picture of prayer. He said, hey, you quit coming to God's house for prayer. You quit coming in and offering those, those, uh, those requests and those thanksgivings and the praises to God that He so deserves. The offerings in the Old Testament were, were things that were, they acknowledged their sin. Didn't they? As they brought these offerings and they came with repentance and atonement to be able to draw close to God. The whole reason why God had established this nation. The whole reason He had so many years before called out Abraham and then, and then years before that uh, brought, them, uh, brought them out of Egypt and then before this uh, had called David and had him build the temple and done all these sort of things. The reason why is He wanted a nation of peculiar people where God could dwell with them. And walk among them and be with them. And as a result of God's presence in that nation, they would be a light to the world. That's what we are. Again, the the parallels here of, you know, when you study the Old Testament, uh, God, he, He worked through primarily what group of people? The nation of Israel, right? He worked through them through, throughout most all of the New Te- Old Testament. In the New Testament, who is God working through? Who is God working through? He is working through both Jew and Gentile, the church, the body of Christ. And you know what He wants from us? He wants us to open up the doors. And I'm not talking about the doors to the house. I'm talking to this morning about the doors of our heart. Opening up the doors of our heart and letting the light out, letting God out, letting God work through us um, and, and be a part of us that we could be alive and living and that the world could see, hey, there are the people of God. There are people that take their worship toward God very, very seriously. That it is important to them that uh, they walk with God and love God. I believe this. I believe that it's human nature. That if we don't have revival, would you agree with me that this would be considered a revival under the time of Hezekiah? When you read this, this whole passage uh, of Hezekiah, this was a revival in Israel. If we don't have revival, if we don't have a specific uh, intentional awakening from time to time in our lives, 
uh, that getting right with God and drawing close to God and serving God with all our heart. I think it's just human nature that there becomes there there is a slow decline. Would you agree with that? If you just let things go, if you just let things go, if you're not intentional about drawing close to the Lord and, and setting those times aside that, that there is a slow decline of, uh, let's call it lights out, where there may have been a time where you were in fellowship with God and you were fervent and on fire, we call that on fire, right? Uh, 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 but then as we, as the world has way, our own... Our own nature has a way of cooling us off. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. It has just a way of just the, the media and everything else bombarding us. Just has a way of just cooling us off. And he says, "No, come up, come out from among it, and, and and sanctify yourselves, and open up the doors, and and get the lights going, and and get the incense burning, and and get the all the service of God at full capacity, at full work, to so that the world can see that." God's people are serious about God, about Him, about His work, and who He is. I believe this. I believe that when God works in an individual's heart, you don't have to tell them all the outward things to do. Boy, things just just happen on the outward. It's the heart. It's the heart that we need. The one true God takes priority in our life, cleaving unto Him. Hold not. Listen. In our, in our lives, we have to hold on to faith. There'll be things that we face. There'll be things that we go up against constantly and continuously. Think about this in your life. And, and, and think about this. What was the last thing that you went through personally that was, was scary, was hard, was you were worried about, that all these sort of things that you had to have faith for? Think about it. Just think of it. You, each person has these things that you really needed God's work and then and then maybe that has passed maybe you're still going through it but you see that has passed uh, let me just say this and I'm not saying this in a negative way uh, there's going to be something else that comes along there's going to be something else that comes along that you're going to need faith that you're going to need his, his his to believe on him and to lean on him it, it that is why he says the just shall live by faith we're to walk by faith. We're to live by faith. Why? Because uh, without it, we tend, we tend to, uh, that word that's used, backslide. You know, just we kind of get cold or even l- lukewarm, right? No, he says, I want you to be on fire. I want my people to be burning bright for me. He says, he claved to the Lord. That's the same, that's the same thing that the Bible uses to describe a husband and wife and in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. You know what he wants from his people? You know what God wants from his people? Uh, as the church, we're the bride of Christ. Is that not true? Uh, you know what God wants from his people? He wants us to cleave to him. To hold on. Uh, to grab a hold and not let go. Can I say that as Hezekiah begins his reign... Uh, he begins to clean house, but this was more than a cleaning project. This was a this was a heart project. The cleaning of the temple, the opening up of the temple, the reestablishing the offerings and the incense and all that stuff was was not about that necessarily. It was about the people's heart toward God, that their heart would turn back to God. His father had made this mistake. Um, look at, uh, if you go back uh, 
just to the chapter before, chapter 28, verse 24, Hezekiah's father, Ahaz, gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God. And look at this. And shut up the doors to the house of the Lord. And he made altars in every corner of Jerusalem. In every several city of Judah. And he made high places and burnt incense into their gods. And provoked the anger of the Lord God of his fathers. You know what he said? Hey, instead of everybody having to come to this temple here in this place. He says, now let's just shut up the doors. And let's put a bunch of little ones all over the place. Put these uh, altars all over. A lot more convenient for everybody. A lot more convenient for everybody to get to. A little closer to these things. And uh, his son comes along and says, "No, no, no, no. We got to open back up. We got to open back up the house of God and get this thing working right." And look what happens when that begins. Second Chronicles twenty-nine and verse twenty. He begins to clean up the house and open up the doors. And then he begins to reestablish the worship. Verse 20, Hezekiah the king rose early and gathered the rulers of the city and went up into the house of the Lord. Uh, skip ahead with me to verse 20, 25. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with the cymbals and sultries with harps according to the commandment of David and of Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet. For so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering under the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began. Also with the trumpet. Can you imagine this? Just think about this. I mean, the doors had been shut up. It had been years before the lights had been on. Now they got it all cleaned up. And you know what he said? Strike up the band. That's right. Get the music playing. I, he said, play it loud. Let people hear it coming out of the building. Let people hear uh, the songs of David. That's what they sang. Look, look, he continues. He says, and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel, and all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeter sounded, and this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of the offering, the king and all the that were present with him bowed and worshipped, bowed themselves and worshipped. Uh, they, they began to sing. Verse, uh, look at verse 30. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the priests, princes commanded that the Levites sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness. And they bowed their heads and worshipped. They sang and they worshipped. Do you know what God's house is for? You know what one of the, one of the main purposes or major purposes of God's house is is to sing. It's to sing praises to Him. Uh, it's to when we sing these songs when we get started, um, we do it. We do it because it's biblical. We do it because we think that God's people should come together and thank Him. We think that God's people should come together and sing praises to Him. Uh, he enjoys that. And we should enjoy it. It should be part of what we desire. I think of the Psalms, uh, the praise book of the Bible. It says so much about it. Psalms 13 and verse 6. He says, I will praise the Lord because He hath dealt bountifully with me. You know why we sing praises to the Lord? Because He's so good to us. Because of His mercy and His grace. He says in Psalms 30 and verse 4, Sing unto the Lord. 
O ye saints of His. Give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Psalms 95.1 Oh come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 96.1 and 2 Oh sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Psalm 104.33 I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I like that. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God while I have my being. He says, as long as I live, as long as I'm able, I'm going to sing praises to God. Psalms 149.1 Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and praise in the congregation of His saints. It's good to be able to come into God's house and let His praises ring with the instruments, with the voices from the heart. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it different when it's from the heart? You know why I believe that they were able to sing like this in the temple under this uh, revival under Hezekiah? was because they cleaned up. They cleaned up. And again, this, this story that we're reading is a picture and type of our heart. You know, it's hard to sing when our heart's full of bitterness and anger and resentment and unforgiveness and all kinds of sin. It's hard to sing unto the Lord when it's like that. But you know what happens when you open up the heart and you say, God, I want your light to shine in. I want you to forgive me of these things that I have in here and I want to clean this filth out. I want to clean all this out. You know what begins to happen? Your heart's filled. Have you ever had your heart filled with joy, with, with, with the gladness of the Lord, with His mercy and His grace? You know what you want to do? You want to sing. Yeah, you want to sing unto Him. It's good to be able to be sing that song, uh, How Great Thou Art, to be able to sing with our soul, How Great Thou Art. I think of the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Right? It is well with my soul. Not, it, not how are you doing on the outside. Not always how is everything going on the uh, you know, in, 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 your, in your world. But how is it in your soul? And if it's well with your soul, it makes a difference how we sing, doesn't it? As we sing to the Lord and able to praise Him with a heart that's full to God. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 30 and verse 1. So they clean up the temple and they open up the doors and they turn on the lights and they get the incense going and the offerings going and the worship going. And in verse 30, or chapter 30 and verse 1, and Hezekiah went to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem and to keep the Passover under the Lord God of Israel. Didn't we just study the Passover? We just studied that, didn't we, in Exodus? The establishing of the Passover. And here, this, this many years later, uh, he says, hey, hey, we haven't been doing that. God had commanded us to keep the Passover yearly. We haven't been keeping the Passover. Uh, he says, hey, hey, everybody, come on, let's keep the Passover. And the king, verse 2, uh, had taken counsel with the princes and all the congregation in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at the time because the princes had not sanctified themselves sufficiently. Neither had the people gathered themselves together in Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation so they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba even to Dan that they should come.
to keep the Passover under the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem, for they had not done it of a long time in such a sort as it was written. You know, he said they hadn't done it in a long time like God had told them to do. They hadn't done it how God had instructed Moses. You remember what the Passover was about? We studied this just a few Sundays ago. Remember what the Passover was about? Of course, we know it was pointing toward our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed for our sins right before Passover. We know that's what it was pointing toward. But what did it, what was it, what was Passover about? It was a, it was a remembrance, wasn't it? It was remembering. Do you remember what happened? They were in bondage in Egypt. I don't want to, I don't want to blaze over this. It was so bad for them in Egypt. The Bible says that they had to work daily with rigor. They had no, they had no liberties. They had no freedoms. Pharaoh was, was worried that the people of Israel were going to grow stronger than them. So you know what he did? Because he was evil and because Satan had, had moved him to do it, he told the people to take their children as they were born and throw them into the Nile, the voice. Oh, it was awful, awful evil that was happening. And these people were under this type of, this type of oppression. You know what God did? He said, he said, I want you to take a lamb, an offering, put the blood on the doorpost. And he says, and I'm going to show you my power, my might, and I'm going to deliver you out of the bondage of Egypt. And I'm going to deliver you out of this terrible thing, and I'm going to take you into a land that I've promised you. And he says, when you do that, he said, I want you to remember this. And I want you to pass it on to your children. And I want you to tell your children what kind of bondage that you used to be in. I want you to tell your children how bad it was. And I want you to remind them, and yearly I want you to take and, and have this Passover. And the people of God had forgotten. You know what happens sometimes? You know why we get lukewarm sometimes? You know why we're not so passionate? It's because we've forgotten. Sometimes people don't think that they were all that bad. And in, 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 our, in worldly standards, you might not have been all that bad. Compared amongst other people, you might have been a good person. But God is holy and just. We're sinners. The, the gap between us and God is so far. But yet he's, he spanned that gap through Jesus Christ. and made a way for us to be in right standing with God. And made right with God and justified before God. My point is, is we have to remember of how far God has brought us and how, how close He's brought us. And sometimes we can't have any vision of the future until we remember how good God's been to us in the past. In other words, if you pass over as a picture for the Christian of salvation, the blood was applied and, and no longer do you have fear of death and no longer are you in bondage to the world. He says, uh, but, you know, sometimes in our, in our Christian life, if we forget salvation, if we forget that God, through Jesus Christ, made it possible for us to have eternal life and victory over, over death and the hope of the resurrection, you know, if we forget that, you know what we might do? We might get worried about the day-to-day things. We might get worried about the day-to-day things. In other words, but if we keep in mind that, hey, God's translated us from this darkness to the, to, the, to the kingdom of his dear son, if God's given us eternal life and made us an heir of God, then he can do anything. 
You know what I got to thinking? Um, uh, Hezekiah was the king that stood up against Assyria, and we're going we're gonna to study that next Sunday. Sennacherib Assyria. He stood up against them. They were oppressive. They were oppressive. And, and Hezekiah said, no, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to rebel against them. We're the people of God. You know what? If they had not kept the Passover, I don't know if they'd have done that. You say, why? Because keeping the Passover, you know what they remembered? That God delivered them out of Egypt. And I guarantee there was something about that. That when they say God delivered us out of Egypt, there was something in Hezekiah's heart that says, and God can deliver us from Assyria. If God can deliver us from Egypt, if God can deliver us from Syria, you know? And when you think about that in your life, if God can give us salvation, then he can lead us and guide us through whatever we face all the way home. All the way home. So it's important for us to remember where God's brought us from. That will give us faith to where he's going to take us, what he's going to do. Look at, look at verse 26. Verse 26 of, of 2 Chronicles 30. He says, this is at the end of the Passover, so there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, and the, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. He said, it hadn't been this good in a long time, is what they're saying. And the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and the voice was heard, and the prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. Oh. He says there was great joy in Israel. Why? Why was there great joy in Israel? God was hearing their prayers. He says their prayers came up into, into heaven, right into God's dwelling place. Do you know what's going to give us great joy? Do you know what's going to give us great joy? It's fulfilling what God has made us to do. That is in fellowship with Him. You know, so many times we pray, and our prayer lives are a lot like this. Lord, bless us, bless us, bless us. And He does bless us. And He answers those prayers. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for those blessings. But you know where the real joy comes in life? It's His presence. The real joy in life comes in His presence. Just being, being with Him in fellowship with Him. And He's here in our prayers. And He's speaking to us. And He's leading us and guiding us in our lives. And that's why the people of God were so excited. It's because they were fulfilling what God had made them to do. God had said, I want a people that I can dwell with. I want a people. That's why he, he, he did the tabernacle and he did the temple and he did all those things. It's so that he could come and be amongst them. He wanted to be amongst his people. But when their hearts were hardened and they turned their back to God, they weren't, they weren't, weren't walking with him. But boy, when they turned their heart back to God and turned their back... Uh, turn their heart back to Him and He met with them and they were in fellowship with Him. There's great joy. You know what we need as God's people? We need Him. We need Him. Sometimes I find myself praying and I think of that verse in Romans where it says, you know, we, we, we pray what we know not. You know, the Spirit gives us, leads us and helps us into what we ought to pray. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. A lot of times we're praying for things uh, that we uh, we just think we need. But you know what we really need? This is without a doubt. We need Him. We need His presence. We need Him in our in our church. We need Him in our lives. And we need Him in our heart. That's where the joy comes. That's where the purpose comes. That's where the fulfillment comes in life. Is walking in the light as He is in the light. Therefore, we'll have fellowship one 
with the other. Look at, uh, as we close, look at Second Chronicles 31. 31 and verse 20. He says, And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah, and he wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his, say it, heart and prospered. You know what he said? I'm setting out to serve God. I'm setting out to serve God. You know what Hezekiah said? I'm not going to do it half-heartedly. I'm setting out to serve God. And I want to do it with all my heart. I'm setting out to serve God and I want to cleave to Him and Him only and turn away from all the other gods, uh, turn away from all the other things that would steal my heart and steal my love for God. But I want to do it wholeheartedly. Here's the message this morning. Is does God have our heart? Does God have our heart? I mean wholeheartedly. Are we saying, Lord, I want you. I want you to have my heart. I want to cleave to you and hold to you with all that is within me. I want you. I want to do it wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, not partially, not just dabble in it, you know, and, and back and forth. But God, I want to go all in. It's with the heart. Again, revival starts in the heart. Revival starts in the heart. Salvation starts in the heart. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Here's what we got to do. Believer, we got to open up our hearts. We got to open them up to the Lord. Say, God, here I am. You, you know everything about me, right? I'm revealing myself to you. Uh, you may have to do this. You may have to say, Lord, uh, I want to clean out my heart. There may be some things in there that you've been holding on to. Again, I mentioned some of those ones that are just so destructive, the, the unforgiveness and bitterness and, 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 and covetousness and, and all pride. Oh, that's a Say, God, here it is. It's opened up. I'm, I'm asking you to help me clean it out. I'm not, I'm not hiding anything from you anymore. I'm bringing it to the light. I'm showing it to the light. And God, I want your light to come in. I, I want you to shine in my heart. I want, it, I want you to fill it. Uh, God, because I want you to have my heart. That's what He wants from us, is He wants our heart. And, and, and from there, all the other things will take care of themselves. Do you believe that? That if God has our heart out of there, all the other things seem to take care of themselves. Remembering where God's brought us from. Remembering where He's going to take us. I'm going to read a few verses here. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalms as we close. Psalms 24. Psalms 24. Verse 3. We have to seek Him with our whole heart. Praise Him with our whole heart. Verse of Psalms 24. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing of the Lord and His righteousness from the God of His salvation. This is the generation of them that seek Him, that seek Thy face, O Jacob. O Jacob, Selah. Lift up Thine hands, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up 
the everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Do you know what I believe? I believe this. I believe God's so gracious and merciful that He will fill our heart, that He'll come in. He will meet with us in our church services. He'll meet with us in our own personal devotion, in our own heart. He'll meet with us in our, in our homes if we ask. If we seek. I don't think that it's a hard thing. I think it's a simple saying, Lord, come and meet with us. Lord, I'm opening it up. I'm opening up my heart. I'm opening up my home. I'm opening up our church. I'm opening up my... Lord, come in. We're asking you to come in. If there's something that's unclean about us, reveal it to us, God, and we'll, we'll confess it. We'll forsake it. You have our heart. We want you. We desire you. We ask you to come in. I don't think it's much harder than that. I'm just turning to God and simply saying, Lord, meet with us and, and, and speak to us. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.